Hello, how are you? Good day and salutations. Welcome to the Bloodlines Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything from Afghanistan street soccer to Armenian arms races. I am your host, Brad Kirschenbaum. As always, I'm joined by the Lieutenant of the Lines, Tyler Hammock, and supervised by the only brother that anyone would want to do a podcast with, Chad Hammock. What's up, Chad? The next brother in line to come on the podcast. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. It'll be fun. And it's just Chad and I today. Um, as you guys heard in the earlier podcast from this week, Brad and Ollie uh, took the intro episode. But um, as usual, it's kind of my job to keep those two in line. So I'll do Brad's job for them and correct their mistakes from the last episode. So as you guys can tell, if you listen to the last episode, Brad told you the next episode would be the live episode with Brad, Ollie and I. Clearly it is not. That's still two away. So keep looking forward to that as that will be next weekend's episode. Um, Chad and I are going to do a little bit more of a heavy soccer and sports focus. We're going to do a bunch of talk about USA World Cup qualifying. Obviously laugh about how Italy goes back to back year or back to back World Cups without qualifying. Um, And then some NBA and NFL free agency talk before we guys send you back into March Madness and your weekend. Um... But, hey, Brad and Ollie, that last episode was about as cringeworthy as seeing a TikTok dancer hold up traffic to make a video in L.A. with all of their friends cheering them on from the sidewalk. Boom. Roasted. Hey, Juju Smith-Schuster, congratulations on officially surpassing Kevin Durant as the biggest sellout to go from a team just to boost their social media profile. Boom. Roasted. Hey, Juju Smith-Schuster, during your recent recruiting pitch in Kansas City, which brother did you spend more time watching film with? Patrick or Jackson Mahomes? Boom. Roasted. Hey, Mark Few, congratulations on making it to another golf season in mid-March. Maybe this year, just keep the drinking and driving to the golf course. Boom. Roasted. Hey, Ricketts family, can you please just come out and be honest with Cub fans for one fucking time? You were told that buying Chelsea meant buying all of Chelsea Clinton's secrets, and now you're just trying to backpedal out of the deal to save face. Boom. Roasted. All right. Chad. Any okay, so, so <laughs> no, just to go to show how much sports I know or NFL I know, I didn't know Juju Smith-Schuster was on the move. I just yeah, had to look on, up he's that he's, uh, he's on the Chiefs. Wow. See, this is this uh, is what I love. Move. It is quite the move. And it, ju- it does go to show how we all have our own interests because it was fun even listening on the last episode to Ollie just joke about how he doesn't watch, like he loves March Madness and he loves the social aspect of it, doing the betting games with friends, but he's not watching every single game. Um, so, and that's a good comparison to you. That was, that was a good exercise. Um, I don't think a lot of people could have came up with the Sweet 16, all 16 of them. That was tough. Yeah, I, I texted them back. Uh, it, it was so hard for me, Chad, to listen to that podcast. It was the first one that I Did- stepped away from and let them run it. So like mm-hmm. sitting in my car, driving to work, listening to those two clowns talk to each other and not being able to like talk back. I was like talking in my car, trying to speak over them to like get my, my voice in. But regardless, did you have all 16? Uh, I texted them quick. I think I texted 11. I was, it, I was working, yeah, so I wasn't good. like super focused, but I think I got like 11 or so. But I do agree with them. Even last night, I really only watched one game, which was the Michigan-Villanova yeah. game I watched really every second of. Um just kind of as a big East homer now, actually, wait, let's pause and stop yeah. there. Coach Mack signing a contract. You got to be pretty pumped about that. 
Oh, that is huge. I was hearing some murmurs that maybe he was thinking about leaving. I don't I didn't really take much uh uh like to believe in that. I didn't think that that was that true, but that's his, huge. His how long how, how long of an extension is that? So it was kind of strange. They didn't release the exact details of it, like the official okay. contract, years, amount, anything. Um in, in the World Herald, Omaha World Herald, they noted that Coach McDermott would get, he had more than two years, but less than 10, which was kind of weird. It seems like most people think it's in that four to five year range. But I've also heard from multiple birds in the area. Everyone's, they keep talking about lifetime contract, lifetime contract. Mm. Like wow. that's not just people like associated with, it's, it, I feel like that term has gotten thrown around enough that it's gaining traction. Um, I feel like he fell in love with this year's team, really, to to make him re-sign now. Um, he, the city did, um, I would assume, but yeah, he really fell in love with this year's team, and it made him want to stick stick around. I, a lifetime I think, contract sounds kind of nice because they might be building something good. Oh, he, he Chad, he already is. He is. He's oh, I know. Yeah, build, it's he's been building something good, and it's and even at, for, with this Biggie's tournament making it another round and giving Kansas their all. Who Kansas? Mm-hmm. Now here we are sitting Friday morning. They're the only one seed left in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, Creighton gave them all they can handle down their top. Now I say top three players, three very important players, three very important starters on their team. Um, mm-hmm. So Coach McDermott's doing a great job. Yeah, that, we'll, that was we'll impressive. We'll talk more about that in the future, but um, curious, just as a, do you consider yourself more of a Big Ten fan or a Big East fan during March Madness once our teams have been knocked out? Like, do you root for? I would say way more Big East because, yeah. as you know, growing up where we did, we've got Big Ten fans surrounding us, so yeah. it, it's more fun to go at them with uh, with the Big East perspective. Mm-hmm. It's way more traditional basketball, great programs. Yeah, and having majority Jesuit or whatever it yeah. is, it's traditional. It's way, it's way more, it is way more fun to follow than the Big Ten. So I would say Big East for sure. I agree with you. Big Ten has more tradition, like long standing, but Big sure. East specifically basketball, basketball, yeah, is yeah, the better. It's the better conference for that tradition because of really Madison Square Garden and and going being able to mm. go there every year. I was able to go to a quick little luncheon thing where Arthur Kaluma was a speaker and and he talked about a big reason why he went to Creighton is the profile that you get being able to play as a starter, as a freshman in the Big East, and you end the year at the Garden. He's like, the mm-hmm. profile that you get, think about kids across the country, no matter where you live. It's not just a Northeast thing, growing up wanting to play at the Garden. The Garden is the Garden made famous by countless, yeah, countless games, but, or guys. But anyway, the main think reason the big- we decided to bring Chad back on, or not back on, but bring Chad on for the first time, um, is we're kind of getting down to the nitty gritty of World Cup qualifying. Um, so, Chad, why don't, why don't you do a little bit of framing up on how the USA-Mexico game went last night, maybe where we're at in the table right now, um, and we can kind of just spitball where things are going for these next two matches. Um, so last night's game was every USA-Mexico matchup is pretty much atypical from what it has been for majority of history. USA are some pretty big favorites going into matchups if we had a full a full 11 with Weston McKinney uh, Brendan Aronson was out um, we just we were missing a couple key pieces um, we would have been what was that second I know Weston McKinney Who uh, was Brendan Brendan Aronson he's at RB Salzburg in Austria but um, 
he's played every match of World Cup qualifying. He's a he's a winger and can play midfield, kind of like attacking mid. Um, he's way more effective at winger for us. He's got pace for days and just stamina, and is just a complete engine. But younger, younger kid, I'm assuming. He's 18, 19. Nice. He might, cool. he maybe is turning 19 this season. Oh, wow. um, you think he'll start on the World Cup team? Like come World Cup um, time? Or do you think? No, he's, he's, he's a huge super sub. Like he's just amazing to have come off the bench. Um, but being his age, his future is, and ceiling is so bright. Yeah. Um, I think his, his price tag right now is around 20 million. Uh, Leeds United, Leeds United really want him. A lot of Premier Premier League clubs want him. Uh, so we just we have a lot of young players like that coming up. So at Azteca last night, we were looking to get our first win in World Cup qualifying uh, at at Azteca, and uh, it was a nil nil draw. And about first half, it was back and forth. Both teams were really in the match, and we were pushing. Had two great opportunities. I don't know if you saw Pulisic, but it was. He, he got the ball crossed to him from uh, Tim Weah, center of the box, and he just squared it right at uh, Choa. So yeah. if he just picked a side, he would have put it away. So we had yeah. a lot of good opportunities. Uh, second half, we decided to become a little more defensive. We put a third center back on, Aaron Long, um, and we did well defensively. We did what Bear Halter wanted us to do, which was just, uh, uh, you know, become a tight defensive unit and not allow them to score, but we just, sure we didn't get, get right. He just wanted to get out of there with a point. Is that kind yeah, of how he yeah. shifted his focus in the second half? Yep. And we didn't get any more chances after that, which we could have, but uh, he just, yep. We wanted the point, which is fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, going forward, we have two more, two more matches and we just need three points. Really. We just need three points. And I think that's uh, good enough for us. So it's currently Canada. So this is the World Cup qualifying for what's our specific group called again? CONCACAF, right? Yeah, CONCACAF. Yeah. Uh, so we have so in first is Canada uh, with 25 points. USA and Mexico after last night are still tied at 22 points. And the top three teams are automatically qualifying for the World Cup. And the fourth team has to do a play-in game similar to what North Macedonia and Italy just did, which we'll talk about in a second. So what's interesting here, though, Chad, that I wanted you to touch on a little bit is that our next two games are against the teams in fourth and fifth place with Costa Rica, who has 19 points, and Panama, who has 18 points. Well within striking distance, just wanted to bring that up so everyone had the frame of mind going into these next two matches, maybe flip it on just to make sure that we qualify because uh, we don't want to fall into that Italy trap of not qualifying. But um, And between Costa Rica and Panama and those next two games that we have, I think the next, when are when are those next two? I'll pull those up while you just talk about the two teams. Okay. Yeah, so... Panama is our next matchup. I'm not sure which day exactly you're pulling that up, obviously. They are different different matchup than Mexico because they have some athleticism. They have players who can match up with ours, who can speed-wise, they'll keep up with us on the wing, in the midfield. Um, So it's going to be a different matchup. Uh, They're going to be able to get some chances going forward. Uh, I think think that is the one. It kind of scares me. I just it just does. Yes, no, it, it does. Especially, especially we're, we're at home. We are for both of them, correct? 
so no. So Costa Rica is away. We've never won away in Costa Rica in World Cup qualifying. That's oh. what's really that's what's really scary. Okay, um, that's terrifying. So let me just say yes. that's the second game. So the first game, the second, I'm sorry. So we're in mm. this little last three game wave of qualifying. The first game was the USA Mexico game last night on Thursday night. The next one that Chad and I are referencing will be that USA home match versus Panama on Sunday night at six o'clock. And then Wednesday is when we go to Costa Rica on March 30th at eight o'clock at night um, to hopefully already have qualifying wrapped up. So really the way we're looking at it is Sunday night, we have to beat Panama. Exactly. Even though it's on the road, regardless, we don't want to risk anything getting to trying to have to get in that fourth spot and make the qualifying round. Mm -mm. No. Yeah. So Panama at home in Orlando, we, so we lost to Panama away in Panama, this World Cup qualifying window already. So they're right. a team we have to take serious. But, it, you know, it's hard to beat a team twice. So I do feel confident going into that, of course. We, we're we a really strong team. We should we should win that game by two goals. And that's a confi- cool. maybe a confident, arrogant perspective because Panama – But we're Americans. But <laughs> we're confident, arrogant people. That's fine. Yes, exactly. It's fine. Uh, and, just and to preface I'm- that – when have we ever been confident in, Arab, in confident or arrogant as a country for soccer? Truly, maybe never. This might be the first time that the diehards are getting confident about what the team can do, like you, the VOF mm-hmm. follow the team through and through, are like, wait a minute, this is actually a team that can do something. And now it's the, that, that this general popular, I would say me, the person who likes soccer will flip on EPL in the morning on the weekend, knows some of the names. But it's it's the I feel like it's that group, that casual crowd that is going to go nuts come the end of this year, come World Cup time. I think soccer is so well placed to take off in the States, MLS, World Cup, everything. I think it's it's on, on the brink of what the MLB lockout just did and how many fans are pissed at that. You heard it in my rant, how the Rickets are alienating all of Chicago Cubs fans by not spending a million dollars on a world champion catcher and Wilson Contreras, who now is the heart and soul of this team. We can't give him a million dollars, but these fucking losers from Omaha, I know I'm from here too, or live here too, but these losers from Omaha. Yeah, Rick- but you're not the losers. The no, records I'm not. are something else. Well, I am a loser, but these other losers are bigger losers and they're going to spend billions to buy Chelsea. Um but yeah, yeah. soccer soccer's growing in our country. We need to qualify. If we don't, if we met, if we were to miss another World Cup, that is yeah. um, quite quite uh, scary. One thing I want to say, if we're gonna if we're gonna move on, watch mm-hmm. out for Canada. Canada plays um, their third match against Panama. Mm-hmm. I think they might be throwing their matches so that we don't qualify. Oh, I, really? I don't see. I don't see any reason why they would have lost to Costa Rica last night. Canada is by far the best team in our region right now. So, all right, hold on. Just watch out for that. This is a spicy take. Okay, so let's Uh frame this up. So, Canada is the top team. Like I said, they have 25 points. So, what happened last night? And just so they, so I didn't actually watch that up a little bit again. Okay, so. It's so there's a lot of math involved, big time, big, big time math. And I'm not a math guy. This is not a big time math podcast. So let's let's try (laughs) to dumb it down a little bit. So Canada, they somehow lost last night to Costa Rica. It was a wild match. They got a red card in the first half and gave up a goal. So that's a pretty bad result for us because Costa Rica is now three points away from us, Mm -hmm. I believe. Yep, they are. So 
going into the last match, if we were to be three points within them or less, if they were to beat us, they can jump us or they would become level on points with us. Um, so that's awful. We, we have to get above three points away from Costa Rica going into that Costa Rica match. That mm-hmm. is essential. It's, yep. uh, it's, it's scary to think about because, um, you know, the diehard fans, we think about Trinidad and Tobago in 2017 or whatever exactly. it was when we didn't qualify. So mm-hmm. it feels eerie like that, but a little different with the players we have. Um, no, no, no. Let's go back. We're going back to the positive arrogance. Nothing's going to yeah, happen. We're going to be yeah. fine. Everything's going to be okay. But that's a little bit of a spicy uh, side side hate that we can have for the Great White North if they screw anything up for us. But um, Something to watch. Something to watch. But staying in the soccer world, we've referenced it a few times. I'm sure some of you have saw it. Absolutely wild, wild finish in the Italy versus North Macedonia. No, not Macedonia. North Macedonia. North Macedonia has eliminated Italy from the World Cup. And as you referenced, Chad, how catastrophic a second World Cup not qualifying for would be for the United States. Imagine Unbelievable. the country of Italy. This is the first time in entire history that they are going back-to-back World Cups not qualifying. Um I mean, that would be it's it's there's no apples to apples comparison because soccer is the only sport that has this the true World Cup world stage. Like I'm trying to put it in terms of like football, you know, it'd be like USA not quality, but there's no way to really compute a world power like Italy that lives and breeds soccer for two straight World Cups, eight years, not attending one. Yeah, it, it's absolutely unbelievable when you think about them just winning the Euros. Yeah, they won the Euros. So this is supposedly the top country in Europe right now, um, if you look at it from that standpoint. So, and then North Macedonia is the country. Yeah, it's it's a really wild story. Well, and did you know um, North Macedonia beat Germany not too long ago in a big upset? That's right. That's so- right. I very, I very, I did a little, very minimal research here. I'm leaning on you a lot for the soccer talk. I appreciate you, but I did do some research here. Um, and I guess North Macedonia is, I don't want to say respected because it's still North Macedonia, but the couple of clips I said were like, this team has shocked people before. It's not the first time that they've ever they have, won. Yeah. They have players that you would recognize like uh, Goran Pandev. He's played at, I think Man City at one point, but they have, you know, players players that have played at big clubs. So that mm-hmm. makes sense. I, to be honest, I didn't know about this pedigree from North Macedonia, but yeah. it makes sense. And, and so now what happens here? So North, unfortunately, North Macedonia is not in the World Cup yet. They still have one mm-hmm. more match that they have to win. Um, it's North Macedonia versus Portugal. Um, so that's kind of how the – obviously every different continent has their own qualifying rules for getting into the World Cup. Europe having a lot more of the soccer traditional powers. Chad, you can talk more to this. They have they have like three or four different pods to get to the World Cup, right? As the North America just has the one. Uh, yeah, right. There's about like eight, I'd say, with oh, um, five five countries in each like group. Okay. And in my opinion, it's super watered down. So you you've got Germany, and they would have like North Macedonia, Slovakia um iceland and then maybe like a scotland 
and that would be their group to qualify. Yeah. So that's a that's it, it's really watered down. But yeah, that's how they do it. Okay. It's, uh, it, European football is just amazing. Wait, top yeah. top down. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense for sure. And and that's how so these Italy, North Macedonia, and Portugal, I don't know if they were in similar groupings, but I, I think they already my guess would be they were not, and they were in like third or fourth place in their pool, and now they're going through this final qualifying stage to get to the World Cup. So they yes, Italy, yes. Italy, Italy, North Macedonia, Portugal. And then whoever Portugal played in their last match, um, they all had to win two matches and only one of these four teams will get in. So anyway, just something to keep an eye on North Macedonia versus Portugal. Never thought when uh, Brad Ollie and I decided to start a stupid little pop culture sports gambling podcast that I'd be sitting here saying North Macedonia 13 times. But nonetheless, <laughs> here we are. And, and it was a cool video. Did you watch the goal? I mean, see I did. North Macedonia run onto the. It, it looked like they had won the World Cup. I mean, it oh, really. Yeah. Did. And it, and it they, was evident. They still have one more game to go. They do have one more. Um, and they could be world beaters against Cristiano Ronaldo and his Portugal on Tuesday. Penaldo? Yeah, they, he can, they Penaldo. can be Penaldo for yeah. sure. I, oh, absolutely. I think they could. That'd be fun. So, everybody hop on North Macedonia Moneyline next week. We'll remind you about it on Sunday. Um, fun. All right. So transitioning over to some basketball talk, Brad Kirschenbaum will be very upset that I have an, another fellow NBA fan here to talk some hoops. Um, yeah. So you want to talk a little bit about that Jimmy Butler versus Spolstra versus another one of his players, right? I saw that another one of oh. his players was yelling at him. So what was that all about? Um, you'll remember the name. So I, I, so how about fans really getting involved with NBA now? Uh, you got, phone recordings becoming huge for for entertainment uh they're just picking up picked up half of the conversation but i didn't know what it was about Mm -hmm. uh jimmy butler was jimmy butler he just saw red probably and just got into his his tantrum but udonis haslam probably like 42 year old udonis haslam who's been on the miami heat uh i think all of his career yeah he stood he he stood up for eric spolstra and just got in between them and just said jimmy i'll beat your i'll beat your you know what he he didn't say i'll beat your ass yeah he he got he got all hood on him and both of that but i don't know the way i saw it i only could see jimmy's head or the back of his head, excuse me. I think I think Jimmy kind of knew he was in the wrong, so he was kind of backing down while he was still talking his like shit. But I would say it's a must-watch little clip. It's really fun. It's a really funny video with uh, Udonis Haslam barking at him and just mm-hmm. telling him to sit down. Really, and and, and then at the very at the very end, Eric Spolster throws his clipboard down at Jimmy Butler, and. Uh, you know, you'd think that would spark things more, but it was kind of diffused at that point. But it's just an entertaining little NBA clip. And uh, it, def- it definitely was, because I had even saw it when you when you brought it up before we got started on just something else we wanted to spit on real quick. I thought that was hilarious because it, it was that. And then it was also the Devin Booker video. I don't know if you saw that when um, there were two fans sitting yeah, courtside. Yeah. 
sitting there talking trash to Devin Booker and Devin Booker, as he crosses half court, he just does a dribble between his legs in the most casual, cool way. And he's like, shut the fuck up, pussy. <laughs> it was, I, I don't it know was about you, but I, I got some like bully jock flashbacks. For oh me. my God. It was, <laughs> it was so, so funny. It was, it was a riot. And, and I did see some tweets that it is kind of this new wave of mini Kevin Durant's right? Like Kevin Durant kind of started this wave of, I don't give a shit what I say. I love ball. I'm going to talk about ball and I'm going to talk bad about anyone who doesn't play good ball. And that's kind of like, right. <laughs> like these, the players seem to be a little bit more vocal, engaging, open. I don't know. I feel like it's Kevin Durant that started that. Does that, is that a decent through, theory? Through Twitter? You're kind of saying through yeah, like exactly. social media, a hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. Um, I'm not much of a Twitter guy, so I never really saw his tweets a lot or was too in tune with it. Mm-hmm. But I, I would hear about it occasionally. He's hilarious. So yeah. He's the king yeah. of Twitter. Truly, I, I yeah. thought he was so annoying when he went to Golden State. Probably didn't have even respect him that much till the end of it. And this is coming from, obviously, the biggest diehard NBA fan anyone's ever met. Um, very sarcastic comment there. Um, but... I was I was gonna let that slide. <laughs> I think he's hilarious. Like I, I think Kevin Durant's awesome, and that does uh, bring me back. I wanted to ask you back to this Jimmy Butler rant. Do you like Jimmy Butler? Respect him. I, I was as as diehard Bulls fans here. Well, I want to say diehard, yeah. but we are Bulls fans a little bit. Um, are you a fan of him after he's left? Uh, Obviously, the bubble so- championship was interesting. As a player, when I saw him in a Bulls uniform. Yes, I like I'm a, a, a massive fan, yeah. but he seems like he's just a self-sabotager. Like everywhere he goes, he creates issues. And this is my okay. perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seemed, but all, he's a fueler, you know, he's a type of character that will fuel. like I can see both sides is what I want to get at. But I yeah. think he I think he will make situations worse than they need to be. And I don't like that. Like, it's hard to root for him when he does stuff where he's getting in other people's way and his own way. Okay. And but man, I, do, I, I truly, I, I wish like Brad him. was here. I, I wish Brad was going to talk to you. Okay. It's yeah. just, it's interesting because my I, gut. I, I definitely says, would like to hear like Brad's perspective if, if it yeah. is different. Definitely. No one really, yeah. no one really cares about Brad's perspective. I, I care about hearing somebody else's perspective. But I mean, they're in first place. I mean, and yes, it was a COVID year, yeah. so, and we just talked about how the Euro twenty two COVID Cup was kind of a fluke with Italy winning it, you know. And the, the Miami Heat were in the finals, and they lost to the uh, the Lakers, which is obviously a fluke because that championship does not count to LeBron's title tracker. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. He, from my perspective, again, just as a, the most casual, not even casual fan. The most like backseat watch two games a year NBA fan. He, I think he seems like that, like you're saying, the fueler. I think he seems more of the person that I'm gonna punch you, but we're gonna be best friends afterwards and get better because of it. That's just the kind of vibe I get from him. Um, but I don't watch enough to talk about the self-imposed uh, issues that he's causing on that team by any means. I think him. I think this has been touched on many times by people much smarter than me. But for him to be in Miami is perfect because that's the culture that will just that culture challenges people. Like mm-hmm. they, Eric Spolster will do what Jimmy Butler does to his own teammates. Mm-hmm. So I think he's fine. Like I, I probably being too harsh. Um, in Philly, it blew up on him. In a lot of cert- cities, it blew up on him. But 
him and Miami are a great match and it's fun to watch. Definitely. Yes, it definitely is. We'll get, we'll have you back on for some more NBA talk because you and Brad will do a little bit better job powwow in there. Um, but as we just do one last transition before we send you off, any, any uh, opinions about the, the bears free agency or lack thereof free agency so far? Um, I guess you kind of made the comment. You weren't sure that Juju Smith moved, So maybe you're not following it that close. Um, I guess I, I just have a question for you because you know, I get all of my information usually from you with the yeah. bears. What's uh, what's up with Tariq Cohen? Are we gonna re-sign him after him not getting? He's already released. Yeah, yeah. So he he failed multiple um, medicals. Is that what it was? Yeah. So it's actually I'm glad you I'm glad you asked it because that is a really unique situation. And the the everyday NFL fan might remember Tariq Cohen from 2018 when the uh, Bears had their breakout year with Mitch in year two, winning the division, going 12 and four against all odds, having a decent offense. And a lot of it was because of Tariq Cohen being that incredibly versatile offensive weapon that is so incredibly, incredibly powerful in today's NFL. As we see the Miami Dolphins give up, well, not their entire future because they have a lot of draft picks, but a lot of their future to get Tyreek Hill for Tua. Um, but unfortunately, it just wasn't to be for Tariq. I, I think this might end up being one of the sadder sports stories um in of the last 10 years by the way so he gets drafted out of north carolina a and i think it was this fourth fifth sixth seventh round late round draft pick uh, i'm gonna guess sixth um and and he was just a lightning rod he's a huge personality a lovable affable guy that instantly was loved by media um and then he got a terrible terrible knee injury um, in the off season and then, or no, at the end of the season for that following year and has not been able to recover, but on top of it, like five, six months into his recovery, his twin brother passed away of incredibly, um, I'm using, I'm saying incredibly almost as much oh as God. had dialed up in the last episode, um, trying to add a little bit of humor to a sad situation, but yeah, if you guys want to look it up, Tree Cohen's brother passed away tragically about a year ago maybe it was a year and a half while he was in mid recovery and that it just threw him through a loop. It would throw us all through a loop. It's not anything I'm sitting here doing a podcast with my brother. Obviously any of us would be deeply affected by having that type of loss taken from us. So just because I don't want my, my little teeny tiny following of the couple dozen followers that like to laugh with us every week, hopefully I can try to, uh, encourage some sympathy for Tariq Cohen for any bears. Yeah, I had no idea about that. Yeah, that might be angry that he's not coming back or what the hell happened to him or Pace doesn't know anything. Um, Polls, I guess now, if you want to say, but yeah, it's, it's just a really tragic situation. I I don't Mm -hmm. know all the facts. I know those very two specific things, obviously, that are public. Uh, but I don't well, know. In he, my he has mind, a lot. He has a lot of fans in Chicago for his whole oh, career. He's loved. We'll be rooting for him wherever he goes. Definitely. He is, I hope. I hope he he picks uh, a good spot wherever he goes next. I I 100% agree. I said the same thing. I'm going to root for him wherever he goes. Just like Mitch, I already got my Steelers jersey in the mail. It's going to be awesome. Go Mitch, Maserati Mitch. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that's really it there. So we'll see what the Bears do. I'm kind of really hoping that they go after. Um, one of the cornerbacks on the Dolphins, now that the Dolphins have all that cap filled up with Tariq Cohen, or not Tariq Cohen, Tyreek Hill and Lyle, Lyle Collins. Is that the tackle they got? They got one of the big tackles. He was either Lyle Collins or Taron Armstead. Um, 
So between those two, that's, I mean, that's Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. They're two of the top eight cornerbacks in all of football. They can't pay both those guys. So I'm praying, praying polls goes after that because everybody in Chicago keeps talking about the offensive line in the wide receiver room. When they forget that we just signed Lucas Patrick, who has the potential to be a pro bowl, pro bowl center, and we have Darnell Mooney on like, those two positions. Yes, they're tragic and there are problems there. Cornerback's worse. Cornerback in secondary is mm. truly a very, very bad situation right now. Um, and it's just a bad situation across the board. It's a rebuilding year. We're not going to expect much, but um, we're going to try to have some fun along the way and get some pieces in the draft. Well, I was just going to say that does not sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, we have Justin Fields. And if and if he's, yeah, yeah. If he's as good as, as advertised, I don't say as advertised because I think there's still some skeptics, but most skeptics are skeptical because he was in a Matt Nagy offense for a full season mm-hmm. and dealing with the worst management structure, coaching structure known to man. Um, I think he's going to be incredible and he's going to be that type of guy that elevates the wide receivers players around him. Let's, let's lock up those cornerbacks. Let's, let's get a tackle solidified and it's, it's a rebuilding year. We're, we're one year away from truly competing unless Justin's um, Russell Wilson, you know, as, as this mm-hmm. early, we're, we're going to be a 500 or just below 500 team. But we're in a we're in a good conference. That's uh, we'll take uh, the weak oh. conference. Oh, my God. The, the wave to the AFC this year is that mm-hmm. deserves a whole nother podcast. It truly mm-hmm. is. Um, but all right. That's pretty much all I had. Chad, anything else you want to touch on? Any March Madness picks for the weekend that you like that you want to give out? No, I hope I can watch. A f- <laughs> I, I hope I can watch a full game along with any listener that's been struggling to watch a full game. <laughs> Are you struggling because of the way it's ending or what, what, what's struggling? To watch? Uh, my one-year-old toddler uh, <laughs> needs his Coco Melon or his Charlie's Colorform City. What, you know, it's a, it's a struggle. It's a one TV household. And uh, sometimes yeah. I forget to throw a game on my laptop or phone. Yep. <laughs> I get that. Well, that that's another reason we're going to have you back on because I now I want to hear you and Brad just talk about funny kid stories <laughs> and all the things that you guys go through. I think that'd be hilarious. But all right, go give, the, go give the little guy a kiss and a hug. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, everybody, this is not the last time you'll be hearing from Chad. We'll be bringing him back on. Uh, definitely World Cup time. Obviously, he knows his shit with yes. soccer and none of us do. Um, so we'll bring him back on in the future. But um, Chad, mm, you're, you're, no, no, your premier league, premier league talk would be better than mine. I know that. Cause I do not follow that league. So, but yeah. yep, no, I had fun. I enjoyed this a lot. Thank you very much. Of course. It's always great to have guests on and even more important when it's family. So love to have you aboard, um, for everybody else. If, um, I don't know, it's still kind of dark Omaha. It's our first morning episode. Chad and I are knocking out at 6 AM. Um, everybody, as we, as we mentioned earlier, that live episode is coming. Brad was wrong that it's not this episode, but it is. We have Brad coming to Omaha. We're going to do a live recording here in town next weekend. So that'll be really fun as we laugh with Ollie dressed up as a Japanese man out at an Irish pub um, and do some fun stuff. So um, until next time, hug it, chug it, football!